Well, good morning, church. It's so good to be with you. And if you are a first-time guest, thank you so much for joining us for church this morning. We'd love for you to check out our church website, salemheightschurch.org, to learn more about who we are and what we have going on at the church in this season. Well, this Tuesday is Election Day. We know that is a big day in our country. And so we just want to invite our church family to join us in prayer for our country, for our leaders, for the whole process. And just to remind you that we serve a God who's in control, who will guide us through this time. And as believers, we have the ability to let our light shine before men and show them the hope that we have in Christ. Well, this morning we're kicking off a brand new series called Where'd You Go? And what we wanted to do is, we actually wanted to kind of take a little bit of a right turn and show you a video, it's a little bit cheesy, but to give you an opportunity to register for church, to let us know who you're gathering with and how many people you're gathering with. So there's gonna be a number on the screen as we play this video. We would invite you to text in and let us know who you're meeting with and how many people are part of your group. And if you're not meeting with someone and you want to, you can also text that number and we'd be happy to connect you with a group in future weeks. And there'll be bonus points for those who text in a picture of their group and let us know how it's going. Well, I hope you enjoy this video and join us now. Hey everybody, welcome to church. We got about five minutes before the service starts, so here are some church appropriate dance moves you can do whenever the spirit moves you. So get on up and let's sweat to some scriptures. Or maybe not, or just, just Here we go. One, two, three, four. Make sure it's on the face. See it on the face. Yeah. Bring it together. Here we go. Let it go. You take the stone, you let it go, you're unhindered by armor. Let that elbow sway. Elbow, 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 elbow. Okay. One of my personal favorites. Resurrection. You gotta get down to get back. Yeah. Keep working, guys. Keep working. You're doing great. I'm doing great. I'm getting a little tired. Strengthens me. Two minutes, thirty seconds left. Here we go. Close the end. 
lot of fun, wasn't it? Hey ladies, I want to take this opportunity to invite you to Women's Retreat. We're so excited to be offering this at the church this year, and we want to let you know that we are anticipating God doing amazing things as we gather together around God's Word, and as we gather together in fellowship, we are so looking forward to Shauna Van Dyke coming to join us and to teach us. I'm just looking forward to a special time together. So would you please register? We want to anticipate you coming. And also now we get to join together in worship of our great God. Sin and darkness, whose love is mighty, can 
Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time that we can meet together. Whether we're in a home church, whether we're with family, with friends, or even by ourselves, God, we're with you. God, we're never far from you. You are always present with us. God, that we could be here to sit under the teaching of your word. We count that as a gift and a blessing. We also count it as a gift and a blessing to sing to you these praises, these truths, knowing that very soon we could be singing them face to face with you, Jesus. Our God, our Savior, the one who we pray that our vision is set towards. In these days when the world needs you most, God, we praise you. Thank you so much for this time. We ask that you're glorified now in the teaching of your word, and I pray that we listen. Pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you again. And if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to grab them and find the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. And um, you've picked a great morning, if, if you're your first-time guest, to uh, join us because we're kicking off a brand new series for the next three weeks. And I'm here with Pastor Justin and uh, kind of maybe set up for us uh, this new series and uh, where we're heading. Yeah, so for three weeks, we're going to be under the title of Where Did You Go? Mm. And we're asking this question from three different angles. Uh, the first one is, where did you go? We're looking at the perspective of where did you go to church? Yeah. Uh, where is it that you've gone and met with other believers so that you were not only hearing the word, but so that you open yourself up to them and allow them to be opened up to you. Yeah. Where did you go to church? Second one is, where did you go as a servant of God? You're out in the world, but, but did you actually take that role serious? So as a witness of Christ, how did you put him on display in a, a world that's hurting? And then the third week is going to be asking the question, where did you go? The temperature got turned up, the world went wonky, mm. and some people just quit. Yeah. They got overwhelmed. And we're not going to say, where did you go as a angry moment, but uh, we're going to try to apply some, uh, uh, I'll bring our medical kit of scripture to that wound yeah. that causes me to see, you know what, the world got really hard to deal with and my faith just evaporated yeah. or I felt like I was falling apart. We're going to try and help those people who uh, they thought they were taking a stutter step, but they actually just fell apart. Yeah. And and they're on their own. So we're going to ask you, where did you go? You disappeared. We want to help you reappear and come among friends for yeah. help. Well, we've been uh, doing online church since March. Yeah. And uh, we've every series we've done through this past seven months has had kind of a tie back to what we've been going through, through yeah. the pandemic and through just the, the topsy-turvy times we're living in. Yeah. And so this series is really designed to um, kind of help us transition back into uh, the book of Acts. Yeah. And we're looking forward to doing that after this series. But uh, we feel like there are some things we want to just touch on another time. Yeah. And uh, maybe, I wouldn't necessarily call it closure, but make sure that we've we've gotten out of this season what the Lord would have us do and also mine out the truths that He wants us to take into the next season. Yeah, I think... Uh, one of the key concerns is we could just keep going on on this same theme and not because everyone is still a little bit wounded. We're trying to find our sea legs. Yeah. Uh, but 
there was a couple of perspectives you and I worked through as we were just getting ready for this that I think were really helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, it, there was one in particular that was on your heart. In this season, we are seeing some really amazing things happen, especially yeah. in these home church environment. And, and it's so important. We're talking about it in such glowing terms. You, you were like, man, but we, we, we don't want to forget that being in a big group is also right. pretty wonderful. So we don't want to tell them it's bad if you're in a larger group. But you actually had an analogy that helps us with this season. We're in a season right now yeah. that's not what the next season will be. Right. How, how did you think about that? Yeah, I don't, want, I don't want us to confuse our belief that this has actually been a really uh, fulfilling time, that God yeah. has used this to actually improve some things that we actually discovered were lacking yep. before COVID. And, and so we've been pushing home groups, we've been encouraging people yeah. to be a part of it, but our intention is to move back. Yep. But in this season, it, it, there's a, the analogy that came up for me, I enjoy golfing. And yeah. here in Oregon, there are seasons where golfing is great because of the rain we get, but then there are times where we can't really get out there yeah. um, and do that. And so I can play and then I can make a choice when the rain comes to put away my golf clubs, not work on anything, and then go back out when the weather turns. Yeah. And I'm gonna be able to play the game again. I'm gonna be able to go out on the course, be able to join with my friends. But I'm probably going to have regressed a little bit, or maybe some of the, the things that needed improvement in my game haven't yeah. been addressed, and there's still going to be yeah. problems when I get back. Or worse. Or worse. Yeah. Or what I could choose to do is during a season, I can go to a covered range, I can go down to Salem Golf Club, I can grab a few friends, and I can work on some aspects of my game that need improvement. Yeah. And doing that in community, I can invite people to, to watch my swing, give me tips, help me see things about my, my game that I'm not even really noticing, yeah. and improve. It doesn't. Re it's not better. Practice is not better than playing. We all know that. But there is something that actually can be gained in those seasons that when I get to go back to the golf course, now I'm actually going to experience it even better. I'm gonna play better, I'm gonna enjoy it yeah. better, I'm gonna have improved and get more out of it. And I think that's what's going on here. There were yeah. some things that we discovered about ourselves as Salem Hiders that God wanted to do work on. And COVID has provided that opportunity. And we wanna actually take that and actually not leave it here, but when we get to come back together, we wanna to take that with us and we don't wanna leave it. So some of this yep. community and fellowship and some of the things that the Bible is calling us to do, we believe God has been strengthening us and it's going to actually make regathering sweeter and deeper and richer yep. moving forward. Yeah, in fact, one of the most consistent things we've heard from folks that, that has been impactful to us is I've been reading the Word, but I don't think I've ever grown like this in mm -hmm. my Christian life. That's what many people have said. Right. And they attribute it to not just reading the word, but speaking it to each other. And in a smaller context, being asked a question that they then had to respond to. They're mm -hmm. like, it's driving the word into my heart in a way that I didn't have before. I don't want to ever give this yeah. up. And it's our intention to find a way to work that into whatever is the next stage. Yeah, and I think we're going to touch on that today because that's coming from people who've been involved in serving at the church, yeah. who've been regularly attending, who've been even doing small groups in discipleship. There's been something in this season that actually yeah. exposed that we there was something more for us to gain, yeah. and we don't want it's to true. lose yeah. that, and we don't plan to. We, we want to be very strategic in how we take what we've gathered and all the positives that have come out of the season, and how do we bring those forward with us as we return back to gathering in the future. So, 
Yeah, so we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10. Yeah. It's a very con common passage when we're talking about small groups, but also just gathering together, the importance of church. Yeah. So where did you go? Focusing on church, read our passage for this yeah, morning. Yeah, we're going to be Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. Yeah. I think this text has been a text that actually there's been actually a lot of talk about and debate yeah. over because what is this passage calling us to? And so my question for you is, what are some things that we maybe kind of overlook when we approach Hebrews chapter 10? Yeah, I, I think when I'm looking at this, I'm trying to ask the question, what's the main point? Mm -hmm. What is the main point? Because um, this is a passage that's been like hurled out there. It's even made the news, right? Yeah. Of we need to get together and this is why churches should be open and yeah. all these kinds of things. And I think by proof texting it that way, we maybe are using the scripture, but without considering what it's actually saying to mm -hmm. us. And one of the key central ideas here, um, Ann Ortland in Up With Worship had a, a picture of the difference between marbles and grapes. Mm -hmm. um, you could actually have a bag of marbles and in that bag of marbles you could at the beginning of a, a half an hour uh, time together with some other people you could shake a bag of marbles and there would be a lot of noise there'd be a lot of banging around uh, it, it would have a lot of motion and energy that's in there but fundamentally at the end there's no change in the marble they aren't <laughs> benefited or different as a result of banging around yeah. a lot of noise no change sure but a bag of grapes you start at the beginning and for a half an hour, you're just kind of, you know, shaking that together and banging that. Uh, at the end of that, there's going to be some dramatic change if you're doing that. If you're pressed into a place that's close, it's going to turn into jelly. You're going to get some juice. There's going to be something that's produced by all those grapes being pressed into mm -hmm. the, the right place. Now, there's a lot of other aspects to that illustration. If you go out into a vineyard and you see grapes that they have to, in order to be growing, in order to be vibrant, they're dependent on each other. Yeah. Um, you can't have a lone grape or they have to be tied into the vine. That sap is really important. If you have a grape that goes bad, the other grapes around them are negatively impacted. That's not so with marbles. Right. So that illustration is, are, are you a marble? You just decide to join a group or not. You can bang around, be a part of a lot of the noise, but you don't have any fundamental change in your life. You might be a marble. Mm -hmm. But with a grape, you've got to be attached to the, to the Savior, to the, the sap that's running through. You've got to make sure that your proximity to other grapes is close. Otherwise, on your own, you'll dry up, you'll be separated, you'll rot, or you'll negatively impact the entire group. There's a whole lot that is important to get right. And this passage is saying, as a grape, as part of a cluster that God's put together, you need to make sure you're right and that the others around you are right so that everything is 
at optimum. Yeah, so the, the main point of the text is we've got to be getting together with other believers, yeah. banging into each other, yeah. and that there's an element of sacrifice that comes through that, but there's something produced that's worth it in the end. Yeah, there's something that is important and not optional. Yeah. About being together. It's not an option. Yeah. It's critical for you to survive and for me. One of the other things that we were highlighting is just it's important for us if we're going to understand what the author is trying, the main point yeah. is understanding who he's writing to and yeah. the historical context matters here. What was going yeah. on in these people's lives that he was trying to speak to? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that, that gets missed is that, that other aspect here. Um, when we go through here, it says, let us not forsake the gathering together of believers. Uh, he's actually... That, that word, gathering together, is actually from uh, a Greek word, uh, synagogue. Mm -hmm. It actually is where we get the term synagogue. Right. That word comes to prominence in the very first place in Babylon. So when all of Israel gets carted off, they would meet in small groups yeah. in houses. They would find a, a patron that would have enough room for people to be able to meet, and they would gather in that place where... Uh, the political powers were against them. All the people around them were against them. They're in a foreign country on foreign soil. They would gather together, read the word, and remind each other of what they believed. Yeah. The, it, this uh, entire book of Hebrews uses that term, but it's actually written to people that were in a, a, a horrifying time. Right. Nero is on the throne mm -hmm. during the writing of Hebrews. And because they didn't have video opportunities, they couldn't do what we're doing and send a message out to little small groups. This letter was sent out to home churches where they would then read it, digest what it was saying, and apply that in that small group context. Why? Because to even be identified as a believer would bring such opposition, Nero would kill them, and there was horrifying ways that he would go about doing that. But some people, out of fear or just out of discouragement, had quit gathering. Yeah. And it says you get together in those home churches and remind each other of what you believe. So that's the center uh, piece that, that's the context that this whole book is written in. Yeah. So it doesn't, it's not speaking against larger groups gathering, no. but it's not being prescriptive of what that looks like. It's no. just saying, whatever your context, don't do it alone. Yeah. Be together, gather together, encourage each other with the word of God. I think it's interesting too that this word here that's used for gather together, is a, it, there's a different word in scripture when speaking specifically to large gatherings yeah. coming together. Yeah. So I think it was used intentionally. There. And there was a joy in gathering with the throng and worshiping at sure. the temple and being, it's not saying anything negative about that. It's just saying, man, when it's really hard, you still need each other. Right. So I mean, get in those small groups. We're recording here in one of our rooms here at the church, but you and I, I mean, we walk, every day we walk past our auditorium. Yeah. I don't know about you, like, I, I can't wait. I, and, and I'm so, I, 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 I'm attached to like noises, experience, like I see, uh, you know, cartoonish things in my head. <laughs> I walk by there and I just, I imagine it full of people again. I imagine the day where we're, we're no longer worried about all of this, uh, you know, stuff that's going on. Yeah. We, we don't have a plexiglass hanging between <laughs> right, us. Right. We are just worshiping and undistracted, yeah. but that's not now. No. But in this season where we are, are limited and there are some restrictions and some things yeah. that we need to do, um, we can still gather together. Yeah. So there were three kind of key points then as we look at where did you go? Who, who have you been doing church yeah. with? There are three main points that we wanted to highlight from this text um, this morning. Yeah, and I think they're really quick and really easy. Yeah. Uh, the first one that we see in here is that a key component of confident faith is fellowship. Yeah. 
three clues that he's talking about historic faith. So Paul, John, Luke, they all use this uh, picture that the, when you see faith in its real um, full form, uh, it is faith, hope, and love, mm -hmm. right? So faith, hope, and love, uh, every single place that Paul talks about it, he said, man, this is what happens when the Spirit of God is really at work. You're going to see this in the church. And we see this in this phrasing. It says, uh, let us draw near, verse 22, in full assurance of faith. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. And verse 24, uh, let us consider how to stir one another up to love. So he's using faith, hope, and love, but he's putting a lot of other uh, terms around that just to highlight the beauty of bring what Bring him to that, life. Yeah, he's got to bring that to life and, and flush it out. But he also says three different times, let us, let us, let us. He's using terms like, we have this confidence, and he opened for us through the curtain, and since we have a great hope, he's talking in the collective, he's talking to a group of people, not to the individual in the group, he's speaking to them as a group, but he's also saying, uh, then let us do something to one another. Something about this passage cannot be applied by just me sitting in my living room alone. Mm -hmm. I can't apply this unless I'm with you. And I can't have it applied in my life unless you are also allowed to impact me. So there's something about this passage that requires us to be together. Yeah. Um, the, the, the underscore here is that my faith and character are weaker without community. Mm. There is something that is grown in, in that community. Yeah. And I know that um, in relationships, we can be around each other and there's certain things that a relationship with one person is going to bring out yeah that when that person is not around and I'm not interacting with that person maybe doesn't come out in other relationships yeah and so when we're all together or when we're gathering with other people we're actually the benefit is like we're people are going to get to see us they're going to get to benefit from how God has Absolutely. created us we're going to be able to help other people more effectively yeah so there is great value in being together yeah I think what we highlighted even when we were talking about this and it's an age-old kind of construct, but when Matt is with us, right, there's something that happens in the group that is different yeah. than when it's just you and I, when right. AJ is with us or when Tim is yeah. with us. There's something that Matt adds to our group that brings out something in my personality or in yours totally. that you won't see. Right. It's the same with Tim. Yep. I won't, you won't see that benefit if they're not there. Yeah. Uh, and so the same is, is true. If I'm coming into a group, there's something about Pete that won't be visible to other people unless we're in proximity or with Holly, right. if, if Holly is with you. And so um, that's part of what's also being highlighted here is you need each other, but in order to get the full flavor of who an individual is, it requires these other personalities exposing, highlighting, encouraging, causing the fullness of who they are to be on display. And then it should be, under Christ, something that is a joyful thing. And I think this point, just real quick and then we'll move on, it's yeah. just that it's so true. I think most of us could speak to a time where we went to a new place, maybe a new job or a new yeah. group, uh, or we went to something where we were with, with strangers. And as soon as we find somebody that has a common faith, it's like, oh, okay. Yep. Like it just, it makes me feel more confident. It settles my heart because I know that there's someone who's going to understand. And I think in a world where there's just so many things against the Lord and against Christianity and against our faith, we are, our faith is stronger when we can share it with each other, Always. remind each yeah, other. Yeah, it's really true. God is faithful, pointing us to each other, carrying each other's burdens. Yeah. Yeah. What's the second point? But yeah, the second thing that we see in here that the author's trying to highlight for us is that a right heart 
precedes relationships. Yeah. Uh, he uses these terms in here. He says, let us draw near, okay, with a true heart, with hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It's all this imagery from the temple, really important. But that idea of drawing near is always a term, even throughout the rest of this book, where he's talking about a posture of prayer. Yeah. Um, and then sprinkled clean, hearts washed pure. You didn't have that process um, before you had your sacrifice process. You've already gone through the process of saying, all my sin I'm transferring to this sacrifice. The sacrifice is, is uh, killed on my behalf. Now I go through a process of washing to say, man, all of that has been washed away. So he says, you're entering into this relationship with another individual, but you've already taken time to pray, get right with God, and you are a repentant person. Man, and, and I think that's a good question for any of our small groups. When's the last time you repented? Mm. Not just to the Lord, but to another individual. You said, I'm really sorry. Sure. Yeah. So that's the beginning, he says, of good relationships. Repentance is tied to relationship in that scenario. Yeah, I think we have to we have to deal with ourselves first yeah. in order to be what God wants us to be in those relationships. And in, in all relationships, conflict or awkwardness, oftentimes yeah. it's not just because the other person or circumstances, it's because something inside of me is drawing me towards selfishness yeah. or isolation. And so getting my heart right with the Lord, going before Him, yielding my life, submitting myself to God, the promise of scripture is he's going to take out that heart of stone. Yeah. He's going to replace it with a heart of flesh. He's going to remove those selfish desires and put in love, yeah. which is others focus. Absolutely. And so if I, I need to start with myself, but I can't imagine being walking closely with the Lord and not being drawn into relationship yeah. because the motivation is going to be, let me then serve. Let me lay down my life for others as a worship to you. I, I have an iPhone you know, and some people love them or hate them, right? You got to plug them in. Uh, you can get those where you, you just set them on something and they'll recharge. But at, on the average phone, right. you got to plug them in. I, and a lot of them are waterproof now, but still, if you get water inside that charging uh, location and you plug that in, it's going to harm the phone or it's not going to charge or it's not going to respond rightly. Now, imagine somebody comes to you and says, yeah, my phone just always messes up, so I don't charge my phone. I, I get a new one, and as soon as it goes dead, i got to go get a new phone. You know, you're wasting money, and you're not getting the benefit of the charging cable. But if they blamed the charging cable, if they blamed being connected for the problem, you'd say, no, no, the problem is inside here. you got to get that stuff out so that the connection is right. right. That's the same way that it's talking about in Scripture. Why, why do I not like being around you? Well, I'm just going to go find a new church or a new group or start over again. It's so hard to do that, but the reason usually is there's something in my life that I won't let go of, and it's getting in the way of getting a true charge. I'm not getting charged up there because I'm allowing this thing to short me out. Yeah. So I try to go to a new place and start over. Yeah, and each of us are called, let us. It's yeah. like everyone needs to do this individually. In internal, yeah, yeah. We're not supposed to take that message and blame somebody. We're supposed to look in our own life. Yeah. So. All right, there's yeah. one more point that jumped out to us. What's that? Yeah, and that is that true community re requires deep concern, mutual submission, and openness. Mm. It actually says this, consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting the meeting together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. So consider, stir up, and encourage are all these one another aspects that are there. 
that idea to consider just is is somebody that would study some somebody from all angles to really know who they are it's used earlier in this chapter three and four consider jesus he's not just asking you to say hey there's a neat little picture of jesus look at him for a moment he's actually saying i want you to see him from every single aspect he's your messiah he is your king he is your priest he's done all, he's saying i'm going to give you every aspect of who he is now he applies that word to your neighbor consider them and figure out how you can stir them up it was a word that was where you put a, a poker on the end of a stick to get an ox to move forward you know that's stubborn but it was also used in, in their uh, doctoring terms if somebody was fading out and you thought they might pass out or even die uh, they would poke them, it says, to paroxysms. You, you would actually get them to jump and be irritated. Not just to irritate them, but you're trying to keep them alive so they don't fade out. You're trying to keep them alive so they don't die. Um, and so you're poking them in a way that they will stay alive, stay awake until they get to a healthier place. And he says we need to do all this with encouragement. And this is yeah. why it's so important, though, that we do the work with the Lord individually first yeah. and get our hearts right because... It's critical. Provoking somebody from a selfish motivation <laughs> yeah. is not for their good and no. it's not going to lead to the fellowship no. that he's talking about yeah. here. So, but if, but if it's motivated by love, it's spirit-produced, all of my provoking, even though it might be hard, it yep. might be, you know, sometimes the truth hurts. But if I'm doing it in love, yes, yeah. I'm trying to get your attention, but it's for your good, not for my own selfish desires. Absolutely. And, and I think that there's a couple of other things at play. We use that picture of marbles and grapes at the very beginning, but um, if you have a cluster of grapes and you have one that goes bad, the fact is, uh, if I go to Fred Meyer today and I'm shopping, right? I look in that bag of grapes and there's one that's bad or rotten and it's next to a bunch of others and they're just starting to turn a little bit. I'm leaving that bag there. Right and I'm going to some other place. Why? Sure. There's something in us that just knows that is gonna to transfer to others and I don't know how far it's gotten. Right. If you don't take care of the rot in your own life, it's gonna to begin to negatively impact other people. But also, if we are the cluster and we don't properly take care of somebody who's you know around, around us and, and we haven't actually helped them work through that, the rot that we just allow to stay there will impact us. Right. It, it'll impact you. So he says, take care of each other. You got to do this encouraging, knowing if you're a repentant person, you've just come from the Lord saying, Lord, I'm a sinner and I do this same stuff. Yeah. But let me help them in that way right. so that you have a right heart. One of the things that I've discovered in certain groups is um, that sometimes trust or the thing that brings us together is maybe the, uh, the nonverbal agreement that well, we're going to be in community together because yeah. I'm not going to call you out for your stuff yeah. and you're not going to call me out. We're almost going to turn a blind eye to it. Yeah. In fact, in those situations, though, there's no true trust. There's no true love. We're not growing yeah. together. But in here, it's be careful to look out for ways that we can help each other. And, and so sometimes I think one of the things that keeps us from getting into community, and even in this season, yeah. we understand like, Absolutely. getting together every week in our homes is definitely more personal than coming to church. Yeah, But I think one of the things, maybe the underlying statement that you and I talked about here is, and we've said this before in other passages and other sermons, is that our faith and our fellowship um, is meant to be personal but not private. That's the critical key. I, I am supposed to have a faith that's deeply personal between me and the Lord. 
But if I say that it is private, that means you can't come near it, you can't inform it, you mm -hmm. can't touch it. That's actually not the faith of the New Testament. Yeah. Um, the flip side of that is the bond that we have when you are allowed to impact my life and I'm allowed to impact yours is so deep and it's so profound. Um, we, we may have a hard time sometimes letting others in. Yeah. Uh, that idea of being on the inner circle. One of the reasons we talk about openness here, this passage highlights for us, you're either gonna struggle with letting people in to your realm personally or into your group or uh, you're gonna love being together with a small group, you're just gonna struggle letting other people into that group. In both cases, he says, try to avoid that. Avoid being hardened yourself, avoid hardening the group. We gotta be open if we're a New Testament believing community, but that kind of community takes the Spirit of God. It is so hard to let others yeah. continually speak into that, but it's of great value. And so I think this passage is really calling us saying, hey, gather together, be around other people. It is going to help you in your relationship with the Lord. It's going to help you and how you see yourself. Yeah. And it's going to allow you to experience something that God is still providing. Because even here, these folks are under the oppression of Nero. They literally, it could cost them their life for standing with Christ. Yeah. And yet, what is God faithful to do? I'm still going to put a few other people in your life you guys can come together and remind yourselves of why it's worth it to stand with Jesus rather yeah. than anything else. There's a sense in which you won't handle this season right. Even though Nero could, could take your life, you won't handle this right unless you gather. Yeah. So what are some questions as we wrap up our time this morning? Um, three questions we had posed. One, what makes fellowship so difficult? I think that's the main question we've got to ask. Why is it hard for us to get together? Yeah. Uh, why is it so important that we enter into relationships from a position of prayerful repentance? Why do I need to first get right with the Lord? But also repentance is a key word. We don't use that often. Um, how come I need to come in from a place of confession? Yeah. Um, and what does that benefit me? Yeah. And third, what is God asking you to do? Yeah. So, so we started out um, our, our sermon today um, talking about this new series. And even at the beginning today, we... We were encouraging folks to get together and yeah. to let us know if you are in a group. And, and so I'll just look here real quick and just say, hey, if you are in a group, we would love for you to let us know. Um, you can contact the office or text the number that we had uh, to start today. But we really want to hear from you. Let us know. I'm in a group. This is how many people are in the group. So we know how to shepherd you well. And if you are not in a group today, but you want to be in it or you know you should be in one, we would love to help you find a place uh, to gather with other people once a week for the sermon. So let us know. You can contact the church office. You can email info at salemheightschurch.org. Someone will reach out to you, and we will help you find a place where you can get to know other people and experience some of this yeah. fellowship. So, Pastor Justin, thanks for uh, this word this morning. And uh, would you pray for us as we yeah. conclude? Father, we, we do come before you, and we ask that you would help us as... We meet in homes as we meet uh, in places around this city and others. Um, Father, help us to apply this passage the way that you in, intended it to be applied. Help us to consider our own lives. Help us to repent and be coming from a posture of prayer and worship. But Father, help us to include others in our worship, our application. I pray, Father, that you would grow a sweet 
sense of community out of our ap application of this. Help us to understand what you desired for us to experience. Help us to experience it fully and help us to encourage others to do the same. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.